I want to ask you a very simple question. And I anticipate that you'll have a very simple response. The problem is the way that we actually create this, the way that we see this unfold in our classroom can get complicated. So the question is this, do you want all students to participate in your class? Do you want all students raising their hands, asking questions, getting involved in the curriculum and being an active part of the learning process? It's a simple question and you probably have a simple answer of yes. But like I said, to actually create that, to create an environment where all students are participating and maybe with not pressure, without the the negative connotations and the negative emotions that some students feel, how do we create that without fail? How do we create that in a way that our classroom climate and culture is high because we understand if we could create an environment where 100% of students are actively engaged, that would be a game changer. In fact, that's the concept that I am going to be doing four parts on during this month. I'm doing a four-part game changer series. Over the course of the next four weeks, I am going to do four separate episodes on things that I do in my classroom with my students on a daily basis that I would consider game changers for student engagement, student motivation, hell, for teacher engagement, and teacher motivation also. They are going to be simple strategic strategies that I am confident that if you implement them, things will improve in your classroom. And we are going to drop the very first idea in this episode. And I'm going to tell you, all you need for it is a dice. So if you are here to roll with me, okay, on how we can use a simple six-sided dice to boost classroom engagement, Well, then you're in the right place. Let's get rolling. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities. Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. I'm going to start this episode with a relatively bold statement, and I'm kind of curious if you agree or disagree on it. And if you disagree, we can talk about it. If you agree, we can talk about it. But I don't think that we pause enough in our teaching practices. And I get why. I get that the pressure 
in education is very, very high right now. We have the pressure of getting through the curriculum, of getting through our our sequencing and all of the chapters and all of the content. Like we feel pressure to not pause because the people at the board office or our principal or whoever is kind of guiding our district is saying like, here's what you need to do. Here are all of the things that need to get taught. And so sometimes as teachers, when we are going through things, projects, explanations, practice problems, we are so concerned on, okay, am I going to get through everything I need to get through that we don't pause? So maybe the most important game-changing thing that you're going to hear me say in this episode is like, it's okay to pause. Because when we pause, we create a time for kids to ponder. And I think that is actually a really important missing element from education right now. Our kids want directions, step-by-step directions. Here's exactly what you're supposed to do. Kids want like, okay, yes, 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 I've heard you. I'm going to start working now. Or, yep, I'm going to get logged into my Chromebook now. I've heard enough. And so oftentimes our kids aren't pausing to reflect either. So this is nobody's fault. It's not the kid's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the curriculum director's fault. But I think the big question is, is like, what are we going to do about it? Where is that game-changing idea? And that's what I want to deliver to you is one thing that I have started doing this year which is a remix actually of something that I started doing for the past few years, but this remix is even better, is I pause when I am finished giving directions. I pause when I am finished giving an explanation. I pause when I am ready for kids to do an independent practice. And I say, how many questions are we going to need to answer before we move forward now now notice I didn't say does anybody have any questions and I want to I want to just say for the record that's a great question to ask like if maybe you don't find yourself pausing enough to ask that question maybe that's the goal for the episode like pause more and say does anybody have any questions if you're not in a routine for that right now like get into that routine I have been in a pretty good routine of of pausing in that way over the course of my career. But after COVID, I changed that question. I don't ask, does anybody have any questions anymore? What I replaced that with right after COVID was, who is going to be the first person to ask a question before I move forward? And what that did was it created the space for kids to pause and ponder for me to pause my teaching because when you word it instead of does anybody have any questions and you say who is going to be the first person to ask a question before we move forward or so we can move forward it causes just a little bit of pressure in the classroom and I would argue a little bit of pressure in the classroom is a good thing because that pushes kids to think well do I actually have any questions what question could I ask And that has actually been a game changer in my classroom. Just simply going from, does anybody have any questions to who is going to be the first person to ask a question? Because oftentimes kids do have questions, 
but they don't want to ask them because they're like, no, I don't want to slow down the class. No, I don't want my teacher to get mad. No, I don't want my peers to get mad and be like, oh my gosh, can't we just move forward? What you're doing is you're actually creating a really safe space for the kids who do have questions to ask the question. They look like a superhero. In fact, I recorded a whole podcast episode about this last year. But I've taken it up to a whole nother level this year. I've added one simple strategic strategy. And it's a six-sided dice. So this year, instead of saying who is going to be the first person to ask a question before we move forward, I'm, I'm pushing kids a little bit further. I'm causing just a little bit more pause. Because now when I'm done giving directions or done giving instruction, I will roll the dice and I will say, how many questions are we going to need before we move forward? And that dice is going to have anywhere from one to six on it. And so now... It's almost turned into a little bit of a game. Because if the dice only lands on one question, well, then I'm kind of back to a really good strategy of who is the one person who's going to ask a great question before we move forward. But if we land on six, that is six ideas that are going to now sprout up. That is six questions that are going to now unfold in the classroom to add clarity, to add better communication, to add curriculum. Like there are so many great things that are going to unfold because now in my classroom, there's going to be between one and six questions. And I let the dice dictate that. Because one, it takes a little bit of pressure off of me. It's not me being like, I need four, four questions. No, the dice decided that. I think it also depressurizes the situation because the kids are like, oh man, five questions. Man, not one person's going to let us off the hook. Like five of us have to let us off the hook. And depending on how many kids you have in the class, that could be a large chunk of kids that now have to pause and ponder what problem am I going to experience as I work out this problem? What problem could pop up as I dive into this project? Let me just go ahead and ask the question now proactively so that I can get down to business. This is so stinking simple, but it has been an absolute game changer. Now you might be thinking, okay, cool, but how does that actually unfold in the classroom? Like what kinds of questions do kids ask? How do you like really create the structure for this to be effective for your students? And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about in the second part of this episode. So stick around because we're going to dive into it here within the next minute. I told you at the beginning of the episode that this month I'm doing a four-part series on game changers. What's a game changer? A game changer is something small but substantial that changes the way that kids think or do life. And I don't know about you, but I think part of the learning process is stretching kids to get engaged, to get motivated. And I think we need more of that in our classroom, which is exactly why I have launched a course called Game Changers. It is a 21-day virtual flexible PD course that is filled with hundreds of ideas on student motivation, student engagement, teacher engagement, teacher motivation, and things that are going to level up your classroom. This 21-day virtual flexible fun PD actually begins in February, but registration is open now for you to get signed up. 
you can go to monicagenta.com forward slash courses. That's Monica, G-E-N-T-A.com forward slash courses to get signed up. And one of the coolest things about this course is you can earn official PD credit. That's right. You can earn up to 15 hours worth of official PD credit for your participation in the course that is filled with strategies, videos, engaging discussion questions, free live events where I answer your specific things that you need support with. It is PD like any other PD that you've experienced and it will be a game changer for you as a teacher and for your kids. Get signed up for the fun, flexible 21-day course called Game Changers at monicagenta.com forward slash courses. And I'm going to leave a direct link in the show notes. I would love to have fun with you this February. I think in order for things to be true game changers in our classrooms, sometimes we need to just completely spell it out and make it so obvious on how to actually integrate this into our classrooms. So I thought for the second part of this episode, what I would do is give you a real life context of how I use this strategy in my classroom recently. Like these questions and how this unfolded is exactly how it happened within the past couple of weeks with my own students. So in my science class right now, we are working on a project where students have the opportunity to invent a product, invent a solution to a common problem that people experience. But the zinger was that they had to include all the simple machines. So things like a screw, an inclined plane, a pulley, a wedge. And so it was this science and engineering creativity kind of project and the kids got really, really excited about it. And so there was a digital format to this and I had included a slide template in Google Slides because each kid was going to be creating visuals, giving explanations, doing definitions of the simple machines. And so I spent some time in class explaining here are my expectations. Here's what I expect. Here are the directions. Here is exactly what needs to be included on each slide. Here is a sample of what I am looking for. Here is an example of what students have done in the past. And so I spent 20 to 25 minutes making what I hoped was going to be crystal clear on what kids needed to do in order to thrive for this project. And so then when I was done, I want you to know that I did not take a single question from students as I was giving my explanation. Like some hands shot up, but I told kids in advance, if you've got questions, save them for the end because I'm going to roll the dice to figure out how many questions I need to answer. So that does help because, you know, as teachers, sometimes we're giving explanations and it's like a million hands start popping up and then we get very off track and then it's like, oh my gosh, I lost my place. I lost my momentum. So on something like a project, I tell kids in advance, like I'll take all questions at the end and then again, they can be the superhero because let's say I roll the dice and four questions pop up. Well, save that question. I'm going to answer that here in a second. So I took no questions during my explanation. I rolled the dice and a five popped up. So I was like, oh man. And the kids are like, oh, five questions. And immediately there were three questions 
from kids like hands popped up and so I was like perfect we need five there's three in the room let's get rolling so one kid said hey I I just I want to be sure I understand this like this doesn't have to actually be an invention that we make at home right like we don't have to create this at home correct and I'm like that is correct this is just a hypothetical digital project second hand that was already up in the air I'm like yeah totally what's your question and they're like I saw that we needed to um, get Google images I totally forget how to get Google images into a slide how do you do that so I'm like oh perfect let me give you a quick tutorial on how to copy and paste Google images so that was really helpful because a lot of kids were like oh I didn't that's not how I do it that method is so much easier exactly why we're doing this question on the dice right next kid raises his hand and said like what if we don't have an idea like I have no idea what I would invent so I said that's probably what a lot of people are thinking so I think the easiest way to come up with an invention is to ask yourself what is something that you currently are struggling with or annoyed with what is something you're like oh man I wish that was invented and then help that to create your invention like use that as a guide so the three hands that were in the air check 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 awesome but remember the dice said that we needed five questions and then we just kind of paused I want you to know that I just paused for like five seconds on purpose right then and you were probably like oh my god what happened to the podcast episode Where the hell is the audio? What went wrong there? That was five seconds of silence. Five seconds is not a long pause. And I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes we have to pause so kids can ponder. It is okay for there to be white noise in your classroom. White noise from the heater. White noise from kids tapping their pencils. Like, get comfortable With the uncomfortable, and I say that with quotes, with the uncomfortable silence, like, it's okay. And I just said to kids, we're looking for two more questions. What other questions can you ponder to proactively be ready to crush this project? A student raised his hand and said, hey, I think you said this, but I just want to add clarity. And like, that's perfect. Yes. If it gets like, I, I, I think you already said this, but I want to make sure I understood it. That's perfect because it's showing me that kids were listening. And then if the kid wasn't listening, I'd rather just have everyone hear the answer to this question for a second time rather than me answer the same gosh darn question nine times as kids start to work independently. They're like, I, I just, I want to make sure I understand this. Like we have to use all six of the simple machines in some way in our assignment, correct? And I'm like, yes, that's correct. Every one of the six simple machines needs to be used at least a small way. And he's like, okay, all six. And I'm like, yes. And like, even if I'm just using a screw to attach two pieces of wood together. And I'm like, as long as you explain that, yes, that's fine. Cool. Now we only needed one more question. So I paused again. What do I do during that pause? To be honest, I go and grab my coffee 
I go and grab my coffee because it's not me staring down at the kids being like, guys, we're waiting. We're wa-. I don't actually say that at all. I literally pause with no pressure. I'm sipping my coffee. I might be sharpening a pencil. Like I am taking the time and the space for kids to think about what question could I ask. I know what's really interesting is kids have questions. They do. Sometimes they just need the space to be like, all right, I know somebody else in this class is thinking it. I'll go ahead and shoot my hand in the air. And like clockwork, after about 10 seconds of that silence, a kid will raise their hand. They're like, okay, I'm just going to be honest. I was not paying attention earlier. When is this due? Okay. Like, thank you for being honest. Or if you did know when it was due, but you were just throwing out a question. There was somebody in there who was like, I have no idea when this is freaking due, but I'm not going to raise my hand. Like, these are win-wins. Any question is a win. Any clarity is a win. Any communication from kids is a win. Because the win is that we are getting kids actively engaged. 100% of students actively engaged in either the question process or that they can actually do the assignment. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Somebody else was wondering that too. When is this due? You get two class days to work on this and we're going to be starting presentations on Wednesday. Thank you for asking the question. And then here's the final point. The dice said five, but obviously I'm going to take more than five if needed. So then I ask, what final questions do we have before we move forward? And then I wait again. Somewhere between five and ten Maybe awkward seconds. If there are no additional hands, we move forward. And moving forward might not be to independent time for kids to work on the project. It might be, okay, let's try another practice problem. It might be, okay, we're going to move on to the next subject area. I understand that we've got this Teacher Life listeners that teach kindergarten all the way up to high school. We've got all age groups, all ability levels. And so I'm using a project as an example because it was really relevant to what I'm doing right now. But also this could be for a math practice problem, okay? This could be for a review for a test. There are so many different capacities in which you could roll the dice, a six-sided dice. But it doesn't have to be a six-sided dice if you've got, um, you know, a four-sided, no, you can't do a four-sided dice. Is a four-sided dice a thing? How would you even do that? I know that I have like a 12-sided dice. I got some wild dice that I got at the $1.25 tree. I know that, okay? So you can remix this to any size dice. If you had a, a six-sided dice, here's what I would do if you only wanted to have one, two, three, or four. If I had a six-sided dice and I wanted to turn it into a four-sided dice, what I would do is I would say like, Zero questions. Ooh, that could be kind of a fun remix. Zero questions necessary. Psych! The dice rolled uh, a zero. Or maybe I would do like um, a student picks the number. And so then I would randomly pick a student. Be like, how many questions do you think we should ask? And likely the kid's going to say one. And then that kid's going to feel like a superhero. So that's kind of cool. That's what I would do if you only wanted to actually have like four, up to four questions. Okay. But this has been a game changer. And at the beginning of the school year, it made kids like a little like, oh, God, this is new. I've never done this before. But at this point, it's pretty common practice. 
Like kids know that I'm gonna roll the dice. Kids know that this is not like out of the clear blue. And so it has just become part of our classroom routine. And when things like this just naturally become a part of our classroom routine, game changer. Game changer. So that's all you need. A dice, a simple strategic solution to get kids asking questions, engaging, participating more in literally any subject on literally any assignment. If you are digging this idea and you are confident that you would roll this idea out in your classroom, I actually want to hear about that. Like send me a message on social media. Send me an email um, to say like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this or I'm trying this and I, I want to know how it goes. But here's the final reminder is that if you are liking this kind of idea the entire month of January, I'm going to be recording simple, short and sweet ideas like this. And if you want to really take it up another level, you can get hundreds of ideas like this in the Game Changers course that is launching in February. As a reminder, you can go to monicagenta.com forward slash courses to get signed up for that. To make sure that these episodes are dropping into your phone or into your podcast platform, make sure you click that follow or subscribe button so those are automatically ready for you to listen on your commute to school next week. I want to thank you guys so much for being game changers for kids. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. But most importantly, thank you for living this teacher life.